Welcome to Wisdom at the Crossroads. I'm your host, Amanda Onchalenko, and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice remotely. Together, let's pause the rhythm of the day as we dive into the backstories of an artistic life, my life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. So get yourself a beverage and let's settle in for a short while as we reflect on how some of my favourite paintings have evolved and what wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. As I was prepping to begin this episode, I was juggling the endings of a couple of large canvases I'm working on. I'm fighting a deadline and wanting to be painting more, but as life would have it, I am juggling too many other things to closet myself away from reality for as long as I would like to play at solving the vibrant problems I have waiting for me on my paint wall. I may have mentioned I often have multiple pieces on the go, and this is because a painting, like preparations for a good meal, can sometimes need some marinating. Often I will hang an almost finished piece, if space allows, on a wall in the studio so I can see the work indirectly as I come and go from my routine. Today I arrived at the studio with clear intentions and a plan for the foreground of a narrow horizontal panel almost finished. At this point in a painting, each mark has a larger impact on the composition, so I try to tread carefully to avoid my overpainting tendencies. Today I didn't have as much time as I had hoped for, but the time I did have was engaging and inspiring and ended with a signature, which to me is kind of like an exclamation mark that states, yep, this baby is finished. I paused, yet still painted, and walked away content. It was a good day at the office. From the archive today, I would like to introduce you to The Painted Ladies, a 30 by 30 inch canvas painted in acrylic from 2019. This piece is a still life, a loose and sketchy suggestion of a once beautiful bouquet that graced the then newly reopened Adelaide McDermott Gallery in Winnipeg. The gallery was on the main floor of the building I rented studio space in from 2001 through to 2019. It was in Winnipeg's historic Exchange District. The Exchange was at the centre of Canada's grain industry in the late 19th and early 20th centuries that became a national historic site in 1997. For those unfamiliar with the city, the Exchange District was the original financial and business hub of the downtown, home to warehouses built at the turn of the century that accommodated the exponential growth of a city becoming known then as both the Gateway to the West and the Chicago of the North. It harbours a unique collection of early modern warehouse architecture, hip tech startups, art galleries, restaurants and more recently loft-style apartments. It is often used as a period movie set. In fact, Brad Pitt and Casey Affleck were my neighbours during the filming of The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, which debuted at the Venice Film Festival way back in 2007. The funeral scene, among others, I remember being filmed alongside the studio building. I watched the action unfold with other tenants from the roof as all the street side windows along McDermott had been blacked out for the shoot. It was inspiring to see the bustling vibe of the area morph over a few short weeks into a time-stamped set where all electrical references to the 20th century were removed overnight just before our streets, the set, closed down for public use and the paved sidewalks became a sawdust-covered boardwalk in the Old West for filming to begin. It's kind of remarkable. The whole neighbourhood was involved. The building kitty corner to ours was extra central, and at the sound of a horn, from my window on Adelaide, I could see whole communities of period-dressed actors spill out onto the pavement for their scenes. Brad Pitt's trailer was set up on our loading dock, and all the livestock took over our parking lot across the street. So yes, 
I can legitimately say Brad Pitt has parked his horse on my space. Movie making in the city might be a theme for another episode. For now, I want to get back to those painted ladies who also had their beginnings in the exchange district. The subject, though, reaches much further south than Chicago. After the official opening of the gallery, the beautiful flower arrangement purchased for the occasion, which featured some Australians, eucalyptus and a central clutch of King Proteas, made their way to my studio for inspiration. As an expat Australian, I have a habit of rescuing Australiana when I come across it. In fact, I have a stellar collection of linen tea towels from the Goodwill store in Princess, which were a once upon a souvenir, featuring all kinds of Australian flora and fauna. My intentions with the flowers was first to rescue them so I could paint them, but of course I had so many things on, as I usually do, and I didn't get to it until the bloom was well and truly off the rose. I did enjoy the view of the sparse shapes, though, as they dried into a brittle silhouette against my window's light. Someone without an emotional attachment to the subject might have discarded them as a bunch of dead sticks and looked elsewhere for inspiration, but I happily took out a 30 by 30 canvas and loosely sketched the forms in paint. I'm a painter, right? I like to paint, and even when I draw, I like to paint in loose liquid paint with a flexible long flippy brush. Drawing, for me, even if it is done in paint, offers a change of pace from the rhythm of my favoured square bristle brushes. I think most artists have specific tools they are drawn to and those choices become part of the distinctive painterly signature each individual develops. The stars of that dormant bouquet were what I grew up calling King Proteas because the same native flowers had grown vigorously in a sandy oasis of a garden bed alongside our extended driveway in front of the garage at my childhood home. It was a hot spot. These shrubs loved the heat. They bloomed vigorously alongside the driveway where they were witness to the frequent handball tournaments between the neighbourhood kids and the competitive nature of my pseudo-brothers keeping score. This still life is representative of a time and place. I kept it because it resonates as a connection to both my Canadian home as well as my Australian beginnings. It breaches the gap between my past and the present. The painted ladies were also one of the last pieces I painted in my old studio before I finally moved out of the exchange after almost 20 years in the same building. So these painted ladies became a souvenir of sorts for me, a punctuation mark at the end of a chapter. The painting is a new addition to my home's collection. This is partly because of space. Our walls are pretty saturated, but also a combination of timing and subject that brought her home. I had thought about entering the piece into a competition, so I had hung her in the walls of my last hurrah at the studio, but despite inquiries, I didn't offer her for sale. If you're an artist, you can probably understand getting into a groove with your work, but I think anyone can relate to the idea of getting proficient at something and relaxing into a process. My process evolves through seasonal chapters, meaning each physical break away from the rhythm of the studio generally results in some variation or change in the subsequent work. Sometimes nuances I can only see in hindsight, and I have to admit, this process of storytelling through my archive is really bringing some elements and tendencies into focus. Thank you, Donna and Cindy, for your insight. For many years, my studio lives slotted in around the school year and the hectic sporting schedules of our girls. In fact, I might still be conditioned to keep that structure as I find I'm wearing out energetically at about 10 to 3 in the afternoon, which is when I would have packed up for after-school pickups. Coming back to the studio after a break or holiday means it takes a bit of time and effort to return to flow. I'm often asked how long it took to paint that painting. I could respond with an estimate of 25 years since everything we do brings us to where we are right now. But generally getting back into the saddle after a period away means the effort in the beginning is greater and the results are tighter. 
or harder work. Tighter for me refers to the work feeling more constrained and depending on your perspective, everything is subjective, right? Less successful in my opinion. Once I'm in the groove, let's use the analogy of a marathon runner whose training is prescriptive. When you first start out, there is some pain as your body works out the kinks in your style and technique. By mid-season, the muscle memory is more relaxed and the output is too. As a painter, that means the work gets progressively looser and freer as I get back on my painting horse and if I have a deadline or I'm nearing the end of a painting season, I get into a flow state and magic can happen. Painted ladies came about during one of those more relaxed and comfortable flow periods, so the action was quick and fluid and the composition is strong but appears effortless. Muscle memory can account for part of that ease in the final image. Sitting at the dining room table across from the painting and evaluating her with a critical eye right now, I see her as a blend of presence and memory. There is a distinct structure. The composition in hindsight is showing me a broad square visually and loosely divided into sections. Imagine a peace sign. Colour balances complements, as is my habit. The primary colours, though, are present, but in more subtle variations. Yellows are a combination of lemon, acid green, cream, beige and yellow oxide. Blues feature cobalt blue, emerald green, pale aqua and mint, while the red range is more fuchsia, light pink and quinacridone red light, one of my favourites used sparingly. It makes a stronger impression. There is balance between the intense, rich colours of one quadrant in contrast to the subtle, creamy highlights of another. There is movement and action in this still life, and a wispy arc drawn in that wet, flippy brush with white gesso washed with mint simply describes the transparency of the globular glass bowl in which those dried sticks stand. I'm glad I kept this bouquet, which felt a bit like a parting gift as I closed up shop downtown and moved into a new chapter. One of the lessons I learned might be that not everything is up for sale and it's perfectly okay to keep personal things personal. I am the queen of overpainting because sometimes I'm just so darn attached to the actions of liquid acrylic at the end of my brush that I want to keep going even when a composition is flashing a red stoplight and screaming at me to slow down and come back with fresh eyes. When time becomes a constraint like when a deadline looms for a show or on a rare occasion like this when I was moving, Walking away from a piece while it is still loose and fresh naturally comes about as I stop overthinking and get out of my own way. Less can definitely be more. Painted Ladies became a gift for me. It was a reminder to commemorate both endings and beginnings, to take a pause and to accept where we are, as well as where we have been, before we head off to where we are going. We are about to begin the second part of our visit today, the meditation. But before we do, this is a gentle reminder for anyone listening while driving or operating heavy machinery to please stop the recording for now and check back in when you have a few minutes to be present for yourself. As a quick side note, when I began to write this meditation, I mentally asked the universe to help me to listen and to learn, to discover what my soul needed in that moment. For me, it was a reminder of the importance of the pause. This is what followed. I hope it is as helpful for you as it was for me. Let's begin, shall we? Let's start by noticing the breath as we get comfortable where we are. Notice the weight of gravity upon you 
as you settle in with yourself. Seated or lying down, it makes no difference, so long as you are comfortable and have a few minutes to yourself where you are not likely to be disturbed. Go ahead and get cosy. Breathe in through your nose and out through your nose. As you mentally disengage from the project or the activity you were recently engaged in. Aim to find your own rhythm. When nothing is forced, nothing is extended, nothing withheld. You are fully present in this space as you aim to set aside any thoughts that threaten to weigh you down. Notice these thoughts, but resist the desire to address them. Breathing in and breathing out, we listen. We notice the sounds around us, the creaks and the hums of our immediate environment. Don't be alarmed by them. Don't even try to block them out. Simply notice them and accept them. Listening is a skill and often a challenge. Many of us want to know immediately how to quiet the mind, how to relax the breath. Is there a formula, we ask? What's the shortcut is what we really want to know. I know I usually want to take charge and direct the course of action as I do when I wear my mother hat or my boss girl chapeau. But when I listen, really listen, I hear. There is no perceived effort that is required. Nothing. No action is required at all. There is nothing we need to do that will make us receive more clearly than taking this intentional moment to exist fully in our own presence. Rest here a while. Feel the pause. Notice it. Accept it. Allow this pause to release you from the expectations and commitments you are dialed into. The ones you feel are an obligation, those imposed by others, and especially the ones you place on yourself. You have the whole past right now, and these next moments belong only to you. In the rush to do more, to achieve more, to create more, we often forget the abundance that exists at our core. Let's go there. Let's go now to the centre of our hearts where peace resides. From here, our rhythmic perfect heart beats and peace flows.
peace flows freely through our entire body. It courses through our internal streams. Gradually and incrementally, it seeps into every moment and every pore. Imagine, everywhere, restful, radiant, glorious peace is on the move. Finding its liquid level slowly and intentionally. Open the palms to the sky as you continue with your regular balanced breath. Accept peace as it glides in a glowing trail through the limbs, then continues on its way, flowing through fingers and toes. Experience the warmth of this light as it embraces the torso, as it surrounds and encapsulates past hurts. Witness the light as it dissolves grievance and fear alike. Like liquid honey, it continues on its way. This peaceful light is moving gently and lovingly, touching each and every cell in its path. Be open as you connect to this peaceful, radiant energy. Love. Allow this internal pause to glow and to grow through you and beyond you. This path is the path forward. On it, we find patience and kindness merging with the cells and eventually acceptance. When we accept where we are in this present moment, we are right there, present. We aren't imagining or projecting or even hoping. We simply are right here, right now. These concepts, kindness, patience, acceptance, flow with love to fill all the spaces we inhabit, generously and calmly until our human cups are filled to overflowing. Be still, be as still as possible as this beautiful radiance continues to flow over you. Moving beyond the limitations of the body, this golden river courses, neutralizing negativity and fear in its wake. This great light continues along its intentional course, meandering through homes in hamlets and towns and cities. On it goes, across vast open spaces, merging with oceans, reaching every continent, from the most densely populated urban centres to the remotest of remote outposts. This great light continues to flow, buoyantly supporting every single one of us everywhere. In constant, gentle motion, this great light 
replaces turmoil with ease. Brings calm to calamity. Peace to protest. Feel the embrace of this beautiful outflow of loving light that begins with you. Take a few more substantial breaths as you begin to bring movement back into your fingers and toes. Try to be gentle with yourself as you open your eyes and begin to slowly reacquaint with your physical environment. Congratulate yourself for taking this time. Reflect quietly on your journey as you come back to your physical space and prepare to resume the rhythm of your day. Be at peace. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're able to find something that resonated for you as we journeyed through the backstories of art, life and inspiration together. Watch for new episodes to drop weekly on Tuesdays. I'll meet you there with your morning coffee or afternoon tea as we gather in my studio remotely. Unless, of course, you knock on my door or pop into my messages. Find me on Instagram at mandartcanada or on my website www.mandart.ca where you'll find show notes and images of the artworks we discuss on the podcast in the blog. Feel free to bring a friend or reach out with your questions or comments. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I will look forward to joining with you again as we seek wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Take care. Bye now.